0: I'm Jesse Parker,
1: and I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 11 of the Faith, faith Share.
0: Chair. where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture.
1: On today's episode, Jesse and I are going to talk about miracles and whether or not God still does them. I hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Yeah, with the light on, is like a red haze over the um, over us. It almost looks very. It looks very Christmasy on the nice. on the thing. Nice. So, I know. Merry Christmas, y'all. We turn up
0: this game. Know, like, do we need to release this one this Sunday? Because <laughs> this-, <laughs> this
1: is going to be. It's going to
0: be good. It's Christmas. Well, I guess they won't see the Christmas tree when we release the
1: podcast. Yeah. What's up, two viewers? How y'all doing? What' up, Renee? Good ass so, it's your boy, Tommy, and the Reverend Apostate Bishop Apostate <laughs> Apostate, potentate, um, Jesse Parker We are here with the faith chair And we got a, we got a, a good conversation um, today Should be really good yep. And um, again, as always, we want you guys to chime in We'd love for you to chime in where can they send the email questions uh, or anything,
0: uh, topics they want us to talk about? Where can they send all this stuff? Faithchairpodcast at gmail.com. Dope. So not, not the, just faithchairpodcast at gmail.com. So what are we talking about today? So I, I, don't know, you know, I don't know how many people are aware of this. It's popped up in conversation in the last couple of days and on Facebook and in you know, the larger... Christian uh, community, I, I suppose, because it's a, you know it's coming out of Bethel, but uh, this whole this whole issue with the you know uh, the resurrection of this young girl who died um, and all the questions that have come from that and blowback and theological you know debates and all that kind of stuff and um that kind of led me recently some conversations that i want to hit today which is just the the question of like does does god still do miracles yeah does god still work supernaturally in the world and more specifically through us through the holy spirit in our lives as the individual believer i mean i think we all uh, would grant that God, you know, in His own sovereignty does miraculous things all the time. Yeah. But does He use us through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit as we see in the Bible? Or, um, and you may or may not have heard this kind of big theologically word, uh, Dispensationalism. There's this idea called dispensationalism that says that, you know, what we see in the Bible was for biblical times only, for the kind of sparking of the church and the gospel spreading around the world um, and then kind of faded away because it was no longer, no longer yeah. necessary. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just kind of the, the fuel to the flame at the beginning of the church. Um, and and uh, so, so what's your, could, could you, in all that, out? Uh, the disciples um, and in the early church, in the book of Acts, um, are part of or should be part of our life um, today. Yeah. And, and, and aside of the, the, the church and the body of uh, believers in Christ who, who do believe, um, that should be. And, and, and then within that, uh, the subsets where some of those things have been uh, abused, they've been misunderstood. Completely. Um, they've been wrongly taught and practiced, which um, I believe is part of the reason why um, so many people have rejected it. Um, so they prayed they were praying for this girl at the church for, forgot to raise her and I don't and, I don't know if she was at the church but it was okay. a family in the church um, you know and like, like I said I don't know all the details but yeah. and I've also been there so uh, you know those of you who know a little bit of my story um, if you listen to the first podcast we kind of told you guys a little bit about who we were. You know, I was, my wife and I were at a very Pentecostal, charismatic church, and we had a situation where there was a, a young lady who passed away, um, uh, very tragically, um, very young, had a very young child, um, and uh, part of her family had attended some of our evening services and asked our pastor and, and our ministry team to come and to pray for her to be resurrected. And so, you know, we, we went to the hospital and then later the actual morgue had her body out of the freezer in the hallway. Um, really? You know, praying for quite some time for her to be, you know, resurrected. Um, it didn't happen. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of drama with that. It ended up, and then later at the actual memorial, they had us come back. And do it again. Wow! And half the family wanted it there, and half the family didn't want it there. So, needless to say, it was it was a messy situation. But I've been there, and I understand the thought process that goes behind this, and some of the drama, and and, and a lot of the wrong understanding, the wrong teaching that goes around this idea of, of God's God's miracles. Yeah. And, and I think the bigger the bigger the bigger issue at hand is how we we have these ner- knee-jerk reactions and I think it's just as human beings I don't think it's particular to Christians or to people of faith but when when something is done wrong or poorly or you know executed you know poorly or whatever we have a tendency to just just discount the entire thing yeah uh, to just throw the whole thing out right it's it's that age-old adage don't throw the baby out with the bathwater." Mm-hmm. but that's Typically, what we do, um, because if we can't trust trust the the idea or the action or the um, the hope of something, because it just it doesn't, no one's been able to execute it well. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've they've taught something or tried to do something that wasn't isn't biblical, wasn't yeah. biblical. So of course, then God does not respond to that in the way that they said. Hold well, on, There was another. Thing in there, I didn't want it to play while you were talking. <laughs> um, it you know, again, it's, it's just that um, that tendency to then just just taboo that thing, yeah, build a wall around it, uh, reject it, um, denounce it, you know, yeah. whatever. And so, you know, we see these in a lot of different areas, and we see it in tithing, right? Tithing is a totally biblical thing. Um, it, it's it's uh, supposed to be a part of our life and our discipleship with god right and yet okay so uh, we see very publicly churches and pastors who have misused um, funds um, who have misused the idea of tithing and and made it something huge that it wasn't if you send me a check for a thousand dollars right now you're going to receive a miracle like all that kind of jazz and then we're like okay no more no more tithing and so now, now we live in a, in a context in America where the latest polls show that less than less than 10 percent of regular church attendees tithe, and where did that come from? It came from people. It came from ministries not doing what they said they were going to do with money. From <clears throat> pastors misusing it. From these public, you know, things. From from these wrong teachings and practices around um, tithing and and church money and. And you know, all that kind of stuff.
1: I think you hit. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said uh, we teach from a place of misunderstanding. Like we don't. We don't understand it ourselves. Right. And then we 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 take the step anyway and teach from a place where we don't fully understand. And I think I, I think we should just from the onset just answer the question: Does God still do miracles? And I think we
0: can both agree the answer is yes yeah and 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 so i was having a conversation with some people recently and and you know the the whole idea and i i don't know the whole history of it yeah um um, i'm actually planning on kind of looking up because i'm curious to see where it kind of started if anybody really knows but Uh um you know i think part of i think there's two sides to this idea of dispensationalism one is absolutely the the malpractice that has occurred um, in in the church and from church leaders and pastors, Um Where there has been wrong teaching and even manipulation yeah. and stuff regarding things like tithing and miracles and people using it for their own gains and, and things. Stuff that we even see in Scripture being denounced. Right? There was the the, the 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 little girl who you know was declaring was declaring who God was, but the apostles uh, realized that it was it was. It was not an honest thing. It was for attention and to bring glory, and the you know the owner wanted to be able to make his money. Mm-hmm. Remember that story mm-hmm. in, in the Bible, and so they were. It was denounced. You know that that whole idea Peter was denounced, Peter. right? And so I think if some of that. So because things have been done wrong, uh, pastors, denominations, uh, churches have have sworn off entire uh, ideas. Yeah. Um, the other side of it is, I think. Um, and I believe this is probably where a lot of the history came from, was um, an attempt to rationalize and describe and justify why uh, these things weren't happening in the church on yeah. a regular basis. Yes. Because, because we, we weren't, because we haven't been in the, the especially the American church has, in many ways, become uh, full of very sh- shallow disciples. Who, who only want a certain level of God, who only want a certain level of surrender to God, and who are not really pressing into the things of God in such a way where, where you would see the expression of these, of these gifts of the Spirit. And um, also and so, they, they would try to
1: test and see if the person in the pulpit is actually a quote-unquote man of God, or if he can't do this, then he must not really be yeah. a man of God.
0: Yeah I mean With. Our, One of our Our yeah. old pastors Used to be like Uh Um He's like in the future, like people won't even be able to be on my staff if they haven't raised someone from the dead. Whoa! Like that, that's going to be the litmus test of whether or not you're a man of God. And we've t- we talked about with the, with the naming and claiming, the faith movement, this idea that like you know God will heal you as long as you have enough faith. And so if He doesn't, that's a condemnation against you, right? That you don't have enough faith. So there's all this misunderstanding around God's miracles, yeah, that cause people to just swear the whole thing off, right? like oh okay well as long as you have enough faith then god will heal you and uh my mom you know my grandma was a faithful you know woman god went to church five days a week and prayed every day and uh, her pastor and her whole church and our whole family prayed for her and she still died from cancer yeah so god must not do miracles anymore yeah and we just swear the whole thing off because of these one why not because uh not because god doesn't do miracles or because that's taught in the Bible. But because there was a wrong teaching and understanding around the idea of of miraculous healing. People don't understand that
1: healing comes in the form, healing can, for the believer, healing comes in the form sometimes of death. Yeah. Because when you go to heaven, you don't have that cancer anymore. You don't have that. You don't have pneumonia anymore. You don't have whatever right. it was that right. took you out. You are healed then. Right. And, and the simple
0: fact that there is no formula there is no to formula. always get God to we do can't what make we want God him to do, stuff. do. Right. Because we don't see the whole picture, right? And so there's this misunderstanding. But I think a lot of it was just as as Christianity in its in its history and tradition has become shallower. And our willingness to make sacrifices and to really pursue God mm-hmm. in, in such a way where we would find ourselves in a relationship with him such that we would see the things that we see in the Bible happen. Yeah. Right? I mean, what kind of level of, of relationship with God do you need to have to be like Peter and just walk by and people are healed yeah. by, by your shadow? Like not even Jesus did that, right? Right. Oh, come, on. you might have to say that again because people don't realize that. Yeah, we don't. Really, I mean, he said greater things, right? And I don't believe that that means just in quantity. No. I mean, th- we saw it also in Peter social media. Yeah, we saw something in Peter <laughs> that we never saw in the life of Jesus. I mean, yeah. yeah, the woman with the issue of blood touched his robe and was healed. Yeah. But it it wasn't like Jesus just walked through this. St- we don't see that being at least in scripture being told to us that just his shadow. Right. And of course, I mean, we're talking about the Son of God, God. In human flesh. not in his shadow wasn't just healing people. Right. Not to say that Peter was greater than Jesus. But there's, there's expressions of God's glory and, and miracles. That go beyond even what we see in scripture. And I, um, let me ask this question. Why
1: do we need to see someone raised? I have a follow up. I, I have an answer. But I want to know what you think. The reason is people need to see somebody raised from the dead. And when I say people, I mean Christians, followers of Christ. Why do you think they're like, they need to be raised from the dead, they died, right? Why do you think that's a need for them,
0: for us? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, because obviously it's a it's a thing because yeah of what happened there's this and and because of what i experienced at the at the church that that we were at i know that this is far more common mm-hmm. it's just it's just that because it was bethel it became this really big thing right yeah. because they had this huge platform right um through their church and specifically through their their worship and music ministry right much like i mean they're kind of the modern hill song right yeah. They kind of bust on the scene and everybody sings their songs, and so they have a lot of influence. And so it became much bigger than you know Joe Schmoeaster, right, you know, in, in Arkansas or something right. doing something like this. Because they still use the snakes down there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's a lot of things. It's it's our our modern need for the the inspiring, the showmanship, the bazzaz. We want to see, you know, these great and awesome things. People flock from all over the, the world when there's revivals or some great man of God who's working yeah. all these miracles. We have this fascination. And you and you see that in in Scripture, right? I mean, everybody that followed Jesus wasn't a believer in Jesus. We we see that as well. I mean, we see even in his ascension that even his own disciples, some of them still doubted. Yeah. But it was a show. Yeah. It was the craziest thing going on at the time. There was this dude Jesus who, like, people were getting healed and raised from the dead, and and demons were being cast down. The blind were seeing, and the lame were walking, and like, there was no better place to be at the time than to be around this right um this you know this for lack of a better word circus or just show right and so you know there were probably tons of people who were there just there for the experience for the show and that's that's still true today probably even more so because um I, our society has become so focused around right. the entertainment and, and all that stuff so i think fun. i think also there's we desire to see the powerful things of God happen because we don't experience them in our own lives. Hmm. Um, and crazy. so we are drawn to people who we see because we, um, we're aware of the lack in our own lives. So what, what? when did it change from just following Jesus and being
1: someone he can use for his glory and the joy of others well, to, I need... I need these signs or else I don't believe. Jesus said clearly to the disciples, when you go, these signs will follow you. Yeah. Because you believe. And he listed
0: the things that happened.
1: Yeah. The transliteration. The thing that we don't understand about that verse is that the reason why he said that these signs will follow you because you believe is that you will be around people who don't believe. Mm -hmm. That's the other side of the coin, right? Yeah. You're gonna be. The signs are gonna follow because you're going. You're going to people who don't believe. Yeah. They're. You're gonna cast out demons. You're gonna fling off scorpions. All the stuff that he listed, so that those people you are in front of sharing the gospel to, will believe. Yeah. The problem is that we think that's supposed to happen in a setting of believers. Yeah. We don't need it to happen because we already believe, but we're still looking for something. And I was talking to somebody the other day. We're looking for these miracles and stuff to happen in our church settings when 95% of the people at the church are all believers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, wow. yeah, that's wow. also true. Like having supernatural service, right. but everybody in the church is already we already believe. So, what in the world do we need it to happen for? And what does God need that? Right, for? and that's really what it comes down to. Is again, there's no there's no formula. You don't. It, okay, it's it's not Dungeons and Dragons. You, know? you don't you don't, you don't re, reach right, level right, ninety seven right. in discipleship, and wow. all of a sudden you're endowed with the ability to heal wow. anybody you want. It's it, <laughs> that's. <laughs> but I mean, we're right. laughing, but that's that's literally how a lot You're of people right. approach it. Like right. as as long as I get to this certain level of faith and belief, then then these things are gonna happen whenever I want them to. And <laughs> Did we, you get the gold we, the gold coin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you a level forty seven oh Apostle God. Magi? <laughs> like <laughs> we're laughing but it's real right it's, it's, it's real in how we deify these, these men and women of God you're right who do these miracles and we, we put All them right. on pedestals and we imagine that they are uh, beyond anything we could accomplish right. or they are somehow I'll never get there you know somehow special mm-hmm. uh, in the hierarchy of the Lord they've done something which in some ways they have uh, for those who it's it's real they mm-hmm. have pursued God to a place where they are can believe him for this um, and when they are uh, sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to understand when He wants to do them, yeah. Um, I I have yet in all of my years in in that kind of environment and culture met any men and women of God, and this includes some of the biggest name people who it happens for all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and just like just like we saw in that documentary, uh, um, American Gospel, American gospel, yeah. Um, there is often a uh, subconscious or conscious effort to avoid those whose healing would be visible on the outside, right? Because it rarely happens, and so we, right, right. we we laud the feeling of a miracle on the inside of people that are very rarely ever confirmed. All of, all of that, really, though, is is to say that because of the malpractice and the the misunderstanding. Um, and Y'all the should missed, watch that, the by missed the way. The Misteaching, yeah, watch, watch that. Watch the YouTube version. I didn't really like the full version. It was online. They got a little off topic. Got into a little bit of a witch hunt at the, in the second hour. <laughs> a tiny bit. The yeah. first hour was really good, though. Yeah. Um, and I really believe, if, if you're following this stuff, uh, the, the recent kind of retraction of Benny Hinn. Which was I really, so dope. I, was I really crazy. believe was spurred by that because he's yeah. he's, he's, he's a focus of the film one of the people sharing in the film some of the stuff that happened in the ministry was his, was his nephew. Yep, his nephew. His nephew was a part of the the, the ministry but became disenfranchised after yeah. the stuff that he saw um, was a part of the film and I really think that that brought about a heart change, which is awesome. Credit to Ben Hinn for being willing to see that. A teacher. lot of people um, right. aren't willing to admit that and change. But it comes to this larger question of are there things that we have removed from... Our lives as christians that are in the bible simply because people have done them poorly right or taught them wrongly um and so uh you know another one is, is speaking in tongues yeah and we've talked about this tommy and, yeah. and i had this conversation with another person like they like swearing off speaking in tongues it's not a real thing well there's two kinds of speaking in tongues in the bible there's the speaking in tongues that happens in in the course of a gathering of believers which is often, I don't know if always, I'm not sure if the, the biblical interpretation shows that, but often is someone speaking in a human language, but not one that they already knew. Yeah. And there's an interpretation given. Right. And so whatever the common language of the people gathered, there is an understanding given by the Holy Spirit. So what, whatever is being said in the, un, the, the unknown language right. is made known. Is made known. The problem is very rarely does anyone actually do that. Right. What they do is they practice the speaking in tongues, which is of a different kind, which is the, the moans and the groans of the heart that are inexpressible in words. And right. that is meant to be a prayer language between us and God. Right. That's not meant to be practiced publicly. There's no indication in scripture that there's any interpretation given to us or to anyone else. But well, what you see in a lot of uh, churches that practice the gifts of the spirit and the supernatural stuff, the Pentecostal charismatic uh, movement, all of that, is that the the unintelligible gib- gibberish is how you know it's been called, uh, so, you know prayer language of the Holy Spirit is used in public. It's used in public. And and it's you know oh everyone pray together in the spiritual in unity or people just or 30 people just Go. singing in, in it or you right. know just blathering on in it and there's no interpretation given and so it's not according to scripture. Hmm. And so then people are like this is this is just gibberish, this is fake. So speaking in tongues must not be real. Right. That's the danger. That's where we, we fail to look past the, the surface and understand that there's a wrong understanding mm-hmm. here. Not that the practice or the truth of it in itself is wrong, but that the application has been wrong. That's right. And and so we throw something out. Well, well, guess what? You've just weakened yourself as a believer That's if right. you don't believe that there's a there's an ability through the Holy Spirit to make the burning desires of our heart known to God without being able to have words for it. That's right. Um, that, that's the one thing that it does for us. The
1: second thing Paul said it builds us up on the holiest the, in the holiest place of our faith, of our persuasion to believe in Christ. Speaking in um, tongues does that yeah. for us as well. Um, those two things happen in private.
0: Yeah.
1: The public thing is, is, is exactly what you said.
0: When it's followed, like Paul said, when it's followed by an interpretation, then it edifies the yeah. body. Then it edifies the yeah. body. It's just like prophecy. It says, yeah. you know, don't don't let too many. You know, is it two, two or three? Right. Yeah. And and it's something that should be uh, tested and judged. Same. Yes. Same, if there's who does that? Nobody does that, right? There's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I challenge some of the people that we used to go to church with. I mean, how many times do your prophecies? have to not come true before you're a false prophet right because there's people who continue to follow and listen to and be taught by uh these pastors and church leaders and prophets and like none of the stuff that they they either say stuff that's so generic it's basically a fortune cookie or um it doesn't (laughs) actually happen and people continue to follow them right you know and it's just like wait that wasn't actually a prophecy from god fortune unfortunately right? wow and it's like you're you should be judging the gifts of the spirit in the same way in that if someone stands up and starts speaking in tongues whether whether it is that unintelligible quote-unquote gibberish uh holy spirit language or an actual you know recognizably human language even if you don't know what language it is yeah um which happens if there's no interpretation given then you have to you have to judge that yeah that's that's what that's what we're taught in scripture yeah but people don't do that no they don't and so and so it's not we can't throw away the whole practice we can't throw away what this is my interpretation okay is that when when we reject those aspects of the Holy Spirit to me that falls under the the banner of blaspheming the Holy Spirit right which
1: Because that is part of his job. And we're neglecting... Not only have we misunderstood it, now we
0: said it doesn't, it must not work. We haven't said, I won't do it. We said it's not real. Right. And then we come up with ideas like dispensationalism to justify why we've said it's no longer real and why we don't see it happening in our church. Right? It's like, well, why doesn't our church have this, this, or this happening? And because we love our church or because we... Uh, take our pastor's word at at blind faith, Mm -hmm. we have to come up with some rationalization that explains why the stuff in the Bible is not happening in our church. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we'd have to admit the fact that our church maybe isn't as healthy as we think it is, that we're not following Christ as well as we think we are, that we're not pursuing God as deeply as we imagine that we are. And so instead of that, we come up with an idea like dispensationalism. Oh well it's fine. It's fine that it doesn't happen because right. it's not supposed to happen not supposed to it was happen. that yeah. was only for the, the first century church to, you know, kinda of get things right. rolling. And God doesn't do that anymore. And there's absolutely no scriptural support right. yet. I have not found anything. Not only that, there are documented
1: reports of people's personal testimonies of yeah, these healings and these yeah. things actually yeah. working, and that's what always comes. And
0: God actually doing. That's what always comes back to me. Right, it is the the power of your testimony. Yeah, right. The 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 people can doubt scripture and they can debate. Uh, Christ to you, but they can't debate your personal, personal story God, right? Right, and so they, it, it always comes back to that for me, and that's what I tell people when this idea comes up, where they're like, "Well, I don't know if I believe this being in tongues, and you know, I don't know if God really heals anymore. Yeah. I don't know if God really gives prophetic." I have experienced all of those things. Yes. Um, some number of years ago, uh, we went on a camping trip with some of our uh, with our youth group, and one of the things we did on the last night was we all gathered together, and our our lead pastor was gracious enough to kind of just play the guitar, mm-hmm. and we were around a campfire, and my wife and I just went around the circle and prayed for each one of the kids. And yeah. as we did that, God began to speak to us some things about each one of these young people. Yeah. Now, one of one of the girls in particular, uh, we did not know. Wow. She, she was a friend of one of the girls, and we literally met her when she showed up to get on the van. Yeah. Like, we did not even know her. We knew nothing about her except for her name. And that she was a friend with one of the other girls. And, uh, you know, so God was speaking to us some things about her life before and some of the things that God um, uh, had for her, yeah. had, had you know, desired and made her for. And as we're speaking these things to her, she's just breaking down and crying. She's wow. just like, how do you know this? You right, know, right, right. I mean, God was... God was cluing us into things that she had never told anyone about. She was the only one who knew that these things had happened. Wow! And we found out from her friend later that that night of the tenth, she was like, "Are they, are they psychics? Wow. Right? Because she doesn't. She didn't grow up in church. That yeah, was her yeah, frame yeah. of reference for somebody who would have that kind of information. Yeah. Right. And so you know, God does that. Why? How do I know that? Because I've actually experienced it i i've received accurate prophetic words yeah. I've, I've given accurate prophetic words um one of the biggest moments of of anch- i call them anchor points yeah. um, it, for my faith was this one time i got an opportunity to pray for this young man who had hurt his his pitching arm and i you know prayed for him and god was gracious enough in that moment in response to that prayer to heal him yeah um and and to completely heal him, so he had no—he was able to go back and play like immediately. No doctor's visit or treatment or anything necessary. They were thinking they might have to do surgery, all this kind of stuff. Wow. And and to this day, you know, I was able to talk to his mom sometime recently, and you know, he had his his struggles, and I don't know where he is today, but yeah. the one thing he told her was the one reason he never could—he's like, as much as I struggled, as much as I doubted, as much as I had these other issues in my life, I was never ever to get to the point of fully rejecting god because of that moment because of what he did yeah right which is which is the power of of miracles which is the power of the supernatural it does create those anchor points for people's faith where i may get shaken and i may doubt but there's a point to where i can't go back because i experienced this goodness and this greatness and this power of god and I, i like how you said god was gracious enough
1: to yeah, I, I, I
0: try, I be, I try to that. be careful about my wording because of all of the misuse that is around. I love and how the, you said the, that—the the poor dialogue and the the, the wrong and it, it, let's be honest, even evil motivations that right. often surround people who engage in this. I don't want to be too like
1: antagonistic, but the
0: industry of. Yeah. Of miracle signs miracles and wonders that exist in uh, you know a, a part of the church today yeah we have all these traveling prophets and and miracle workers right. and I mean I saw I saw a, a, a flyer on my Facebook feed today of this dude holding all these crutches and oh, Lord Jesus. and it's just like people are making money off of this right it's just like they always have. So, I mean, like I said, we see, that, we see that motivation right in the Bible, right, right in, uh, in, in, in Acts. Peter, yeah. Like, it, it goes all the way back to then. It's not, and we imagine it's that we somehow, we, yeah, it's nothing new. We haven't evolved past that, that motivation. People still see it as an opportunity to um, to exalt themselves. Right. And, and, and that may start by, with the by greatest of, of, of hearts. To accomplish things for the kingdom, but yeah. it still is a wrong motivation. A wrong so, what do you
1: say to people topic? that believe? And I heard this recently. Don't buy into the theology that God doesn't heal everyone all the time, and that if it's His will, He'll do it. Just
0: believe that He's going to heal you. All oh, in terms of yeah, all the time, yeah. yeah. Again, it's it's uh, it's just it's. I mean, we've talked about this before. The 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 Wesleyan quadrilateral of biblical interpretation is so awesome because it adds what a lot of other um, uh, systems and traditions don't, which is your personal experience. Right. And and again, for me, the turning point that kind of. Uh, woke me up to the uh, incorrect teachings and kind of snapped me out of the 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 thrall of that whole name and claim of faith movement, yeah. miracle healing kind of tradition that we were in at at, at the time. Uh, was when Pastor Wendell Smith died. And here was a fa- <laughs> wow, here was man. a faithful man of God whose reputation in the in the Northwest was was the same reputation that somebody like Billy Graham has. He was known as a man of integrity. Right. Um, um, they had a, a, you know, a big church and I'm sure between that and all the people who knew him and people around the world, he probably had hundreds of thousands of people praying for him. Yeah, um, of course. And they believed in miracles and healing. And so he's praying, his family's praying, his whole church is praying, hundreds God's of thousands of believers around the. And, and you're going to tell me with all of that faith, yeah. God, he still died of cancer. That was the moment where I was like, there's no way I can reconcile that event that I experienced that's absolutely true yeah. with this teaching that I'm being received. So then, right. that was really what started my whole journey of asking questions about the things that I had been taught and that I simply assumed were true mm-hmm. because they came out of the mouth of a pastor or a leader um, who I had never been taught to ever question or think that they could possibly be wrong. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like it is with like the Catholic Church where there's this express teaching that the pope is infallible right it's it's not oh it's not overt like that right. most of the time but it's just a mindset that we have because we don't say normally we don't normally yeah. say we just don't do it right. we don't say it but right. we just
1: don't do it And we're not then not going say this... i'm wrong as a pastor and, and we're not going to say hey don't take what i'm saying as face value i could be wrong in this in, in this particular interpretation but You go check it out. I do. Yeah, you you do that. I'm saying that's not how you were raised. That's not, I wasn't raised like that. Yeah, no. Churches I was in, just like you said, we were taught if the past, if you heard it from the pulpit, take it to the bank, doc.
0: Yeah. And again, it wasn't even like we were taught that. That was just the environment. Yeah. And so it's not that we were affirmatively taught that. It was just that there was never any reason to ever question it, that that right. was just the reality. Why would it? Right? Why would we? Like, this is your leader, this is your shepherd, right. they're appointed by God, God speaks to them to speak to you, so you just go with it, you right. don't ask questions, right? And so that was the moment, and that was also the thing that blew that whole theology uh, open, yeah. like, wide open for me, Keep or trying. not theology, but, but doctrine, was I was just like, there's no way to reconcile those two things, yeah. and... Um, but but you can't go all the way and say God doesn't heal anymore because right. Pastor Wendell died right because he does he still does because right. I've seen him heal he's mm-hmm. healed me I've seen him work healings through my, through my prayers like I say graciously he doesn't always answer them There's, I mean look my wife has asthma she just had a stroke you know, high blood pressure. She's dealing with that medically. You best believe I've been praying for her. I don't know why God hasn't healed her, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, God doesn't heal anymore. Right. Why? Because I know that he does because I've experienced it. So you can't, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We have to be, (laughs) we have to be diligent enough disciples to go back to the source, to read the word. And, and a doctrine like dispensationalism has absolutely no foundation Right. The only verse I can even think of that I've been able to find where they could kind of twist it and come up with the idea is the one where it, um, <clears throat> it was the uh, cripple man at the gate. Yeah. And they said that God had made him that way to set up this moment up so this, very this, moment. this miracle could happen. Yeah to show the people yeah. so then the, the, you can take that and you can take this idea well God only needed that to happen for the yeah. time that Jesus was here yeah. in the early church does not need it to happen anymore but even that breaks down when yeah. you look at the state of our society mm-hmm. in this post postmodern, post-Christian yeah. society where uh, we definitely people definitely need to see the power and the miracles of God to right. be convinced now because they've become so poisoned to the idea right of Christianity, and it's not it perhaps say even people, more necessary today right, than it was then. Right, and when you say people, you're not talking about believers, no. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> the unbelievers, right, right? And so, yeah, so right. it, it's just it, it's one of those things where I just I thought it was important because mm-hmm. I think that there's there's a lot of us as Christians who have made peace with the fact that we are not even pursuing any of these things that are in our, in our right, life, right? And and some, some of us even to the point of we're being taught or have accepted Gosh. or have decided that none of those things are real anymore yeah. and so we've cut ourselves off from a whole side of our experience as Christians yeah. a whole side of what we're meant to be as disciples of Christ a whole side why does the church have no power anymore mm-hmm. why is the church shrinking yeah. why is our evangelism failing Yeah, because where's the power of God right there's I, I,
1: this There's this whole Thing about the power of God now in the church Those questions This is uh, Why doesn't the church have the power of God anymore All these questions Why aren't miracle signs and wonders being done Why don't we Mm. see them And I I think it goes back to what we talked about uh, In the middle About how well The church is full Basically 97% of the people in the gathering Already believe And the apostles And the disciples Told each other to pray for power. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, "You will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes." So and that you may, so lead. that you may, <laughs> and that's the thing. You don't get power right. unless you're going to be a witness. Yeah. Yeah. And they they prayed for power, and the word actually translates to boldness yeah. in, in the Greek, so that they could continue preaching Look, in a culture where they Look, could guys. get they could get Look, killed
0: read Acts chapter 14 it's one of my absolute favorite my church has heard me preach on it so many times I, I find ways to weave it into messages all the time because it continues to blow my mind yeah that, like, they gathered together and they didn't pray for deliverance. They didn't pray for God to no. to change Safety. the hearts of the, the leaders of the city. Make they a yeah, old. they didn't pray for any of mm-hmm. that. What they prayed for was God give us the courage and the boldness to continue to preach the gospel no matter what it's going to cost us. Right. No matter what it's going to cost right. us. No yeah. And then, it, then the place shook and look, they're building the, the camera. Spirit, the right? That's what, read it for yourselves. Acts chapter 14. It's an incredible yeah. passage, right? And, and we were talking about, I was talking about that recently with another pastor friend and it's just like um, when God says take up your cross and follow me yeah. we've turned that into uh, I have to bear this burden right? because God has called me to be Christian I have to bear this pain or mm-hmm. I have to bear this shame that's mm-hmm. why we see the cross mm-hmm. but we forget what what was Jesus' cross was it, was it suffering for him <laughs> was us? it this burden that he had to deal? No, <laughs> it was for us. That's right. So when he says, pick up your cross, what he's saying is pick up the sacrifice that you have to make for other people. I wrote that in my book. That's that's literally what it right? is. And that's the, that's that's literally the mindset. What it is. Miracles are not for us. That's right. Necessarily, mm-hmm. I mean, like for that young man, it was, but that's yeah. because he wasn't an and God knew that's that he right. needed that, 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 that anchor point. Yeah. God knew that I would need as a pastor, I would need to be able to have moments to look back and say, no, I can tell you without yeah. a shadow of a doubt yeah. that prophecy is real mm-hmm. because I've seen God use me that yeah. way. I've received yeah. that from, from other yeah. men and women of God. Mm-hmm. I can tell you with an absolute fact that that you know things that we've talked about women in ministry so mm-hmm. he gives me a, he knows that if i'm going to be a person who's going to teach and lead uh, believers yeah. i have to have these anchor points I have to have these anchor points of of knowing without a shadow of a doubt because i've experienced mm-hmm. it and um, that but for, for the us most part is for the unbeliever right? for the most part that's who it's for i think those anchor points are
1: are they're basically for lack of a better term hugs you know what I'm saying? Like God is like hugging you like, nah, I am still here. Yeah. You, you're you doubting if I can, I can. Yeah. I am still yeah. here. I, and it's I don't think we'll ever not believe we're too far to not mm. believe him. But there are points where we're on the journey and we're like, man. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they said there was going to be some water up here because I'm really thirsty right now. I'm really dry right. right now. And God is like, "Yeah, nah, I'm here, dog. I mean, I'm if here. we were Old Testament right.
0: Hebrews those would have been altar points. Right. I would have built an altar and exactly. would have named it. Exactly. And so that, exactly. so that everyone else and myself would always right. remember what God had done there. Right. And that way I can't forget and that way I can't It's an old landmark. Again, right. the can't enemy can't that. push me past a certain line in right. my doubt and my struggles with faith because I hit that that right. wall of wait a second. No, you can't tell me that God doesn't right. heal people. Because you, <laughs> you, yeah. you have those landmarks. Yeah. You have those landmarks. And so I think I think ideas like dispensationalism came from pastors who hadn't experienced those. Wow. And from churches and denominations who were trying to find a way to justify. It. And again, guys, like like I say there are absolutely people in the church who call themselves Christians yeah. who do this, I'm check this absolutely question. knowing what they're doing and it's malicious yeah. and with the intent to make themselves famous uh, make money whatever but I believe that on the on the by and large it's an unconscious unintentional thing yeah um, that we fall into when we try to rationalize what we don't understand mm-hmm. and we get away from scripture yeah and we get away from what the Bible says, and the Bible does not give any indica- indication that at some point those who believe right. would cease to have right. these signs and wonders. Follow them. <laughs> right. You put put yourself <laughs> in situations with people
1: who don't believe, and you want to see a sign. You want to see a wonder. You you want to the that's the sign and wonder. The power came when there was opposition. Mm-hmm. The power the boldness came when there was opposition. When their lives were in danger. When jail was.
0: Uh, an absolute threat are you going to be jailed for this could could it be that some of the uh, decline of the expression of God's power in the church because we've created Christian nation Christian nations where we no longer have to face any persecution and we've labeled that as good listen but like like I've said listen listen. like I said before I was told to my face by missionaries from other countries who say you guys pray for us to be free of persecution Mm -hmm. Which is not Acts chapter fourteen, right? Right. right. We're praying that the American church would face persecution, because they understand that in persecution there's a purification of the church, there's a building of faith, right? Um, There's a radical expression of God's power through the Holy Spirit. Yes. um, That doesn't happen when we're comfortable and we're safe. Mm -hmm. And so in in the Western Church, in the the European and the American traditions, where we became safe. Mm God, yeah, well, God, you see did, the God, God didn't, God didn't need to do it, and right. so then we started coming up with reasons why He wasn't doing it. Right. We started to say, it "Well, you ain't paying anymore, hard there, Jesse." Oh, it, Jesse! it fades away. It's not for this generation anymore. Right. right. Well, I can tell you without a fact, without a shadow of a doubt, like we need it in this generation. Yeah, okay? we, do. we need it in this generation. We need it right now, or we're going to continue to lose um, our culture. We're going to continue to lose our society, and most yeah. of all, we're going to continue to lose souls.
1: We're going to gonna
0: continue. So we cannot be as believers in this church teaching that this stuff isn't supposed to happen anymore right. because then when God is trying to tell us to do it, we're going to say no, right? And their souls are going to be who right. who, are, who are going to die, and, yep. and they're going to go to hell. Now,
1: last question that. before we wrap up: Does it always have to happen in the gathering? like well, if, is God's power supposed to be in a gathering set, like in church setting is the, our miracle is supposed to be in a church setting or can it happen in a, in a car with your best friend Well, where in, the Bible,
0: where in the Bible do we see it happen in the, in the gathering of the believers right
1: Right. the only thing
0: that we see happening in the gathering believers is when they come together in unity and prayer the Holy Spirit yeah. moves to, yes. in, to empower them to, to go. go out that's right. the only time everything <laughs> right. else is one on one it's Paul out there with somebody it's Peter out there oh, with somebody man. walking through the church going you know going yeah. to the gates of the city yeah. going to the synagogue or whatever and there was I hope some y'all are goodness in uh, need, somebody man. who needed to see the gospel and God did yeah. something miraculous to, to bring about salvation and bring yeah. about faith. I hope you guys are getting this. I hope you are getting this
1: because God wants to use us. He wants to use us for His glory and the joy of others so that as many people as possible mm-hmm. can hear about His saving grace, His mercy, His love, His forgiveness. Um, and be brought alive again
0: yeah
1: um, but it's not gonna happen if we're just, I was just praying today just finishing up this book by uh, David Platt called something's got to change great book I was just praying today like God help me because I literally would rather stay in my house my wife wanted me to she wants me to go her her um, headlights are out and she was like babe I'm not gonna have enough time can you Go get some headlines for me Because I'm, I'm going to be super swamped uh, Over the weekend I literally got in the house Before I finished uh, this last chapter And I was like Man, I don't want to leave the house I'm home, I'm comfortable <laughs> Finish this, yeah, <laughs> this last chapter And he's talking about God stretching us To, get, to go out mm-hmm. and, and be his hands and feet And I was like How can I do that If I would rather stay in the house mm-hmm. and I have an, oppor- I have an opportunity mm-hmm. to go get headlights and in that short amount of time the Lord could set something up yeah. where I could be his hands and feet yeah. I'm like God help yeah. me not to neglect those opportunities because I would stay in the house all day mm-hmm. and then not even have one mm-hmm. not ever have mm-hmm. an opportunity
0: I'm but, not going to get all the way yeah. into this but yeah. I will mention maybe we'll pick this up on, yeah. the, next, on the next one but um, <laughs> again if we're afraid yeah to engage and to go to any places where people actually need to hear the gospel then how can we ever share the gospel that's right how can anyone ever get saved that's right and why would God need to express his power that's right so again and maybe next time we'll pick up this idea of Christian isolation 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 and and protectionism yeah where we've said we can't partake of Mm -hmm. not partake of but we can't be around, which is completely right. contradictory to what we see modeled in Christ. He went to the sinner's household. He went to the taxpayers. He went he to the hung club. Out with the sinner to the <laughs> point where he was getting he was getting called out, by, right. right? But we right. like, I can't go to a bar. I can't. And of course, there's levels of wisdom to right. that. if you're right. an alcoholic, don't go to the bar until you're right. ready for something like that. But as Christians, again, you're, you're right. We <laughs> gather together as Christians, and we think that because we're here, God's going to do miracles. And God's like, the miracles are for them. Right. And you're not even willing to go to them because right. you're like, I, I might get affected by a sinner. It's like how, how, <laughs> I feel like God looks at us and he says the same thing. Jesus says, oh, where is your faith? Right, right. I've, been with, I've been with you so, not I've been with in you long song? enough at this point. Right. I've been teaching you right. long enough. You you should be past this, guys. One, one translation
1: said, Jesus said, to when, when the guy came and said, I brought my son to your Disciples and they couldn't cast a demon out he, Jesus turned to them and said Are you that numb in the skull One of the <laughs> translations One of the translations says that But I think we are We're just like It's the fear of, of, uh, of Being used and coming out of our comfort zone and, yeah. Um, yeah
0: God wants to use us God wants to use yeah. you for other people yeah if you're someone who has enough conviction and desire for God in your heart to where you're really pursuing to take up your cross daily yeah you have to understand that that is a burden for someone else yeah it is, it's It's. going to cost us something it's a yeah. sacrifice, it's going to hurt yeah. we're going to step out of our comfort zone but it's not for us, not it's, for not, us. it's not because God's going to purify us through suffering yeah. it's a suffer- Jesus wasn't purified through the suffering he was already yeah. pure he went through the suffering for us yeah. and that's the same Absolutely. way that we pick up our cross it has to be if our motivation is not for other people and that's where a lot of people don't see the power anymore either That's because right. we're praying, oh God, please heal this person so that people know I have great faith I mean, we don't say that, but in our heart, that's really what we're thinking. That's the cross. Oh, okay. I mean, if somebody right. kisses right. Son, oh, that's son, I'm, right. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be on right. CBN. Like, that's right. Like, people are going to buy my books. They're going to listen to my podcast. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> right. right. You're, uh, you're 100% right. If that's our motivation, God's not going to do it. Because you're again, I just preached right. last Sunday. Like, all the glory is to him. That's right. And he is jealous for that glory. He's jealous for our affection. And so we're trying to steal it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if our motivation of picking up the cross, if our motivation of pursuing the miraculous power of God is yeah. for people who need him yeah, um, he, he responds to that so does God still do miracles? absolutely God still absolutely. does miracles
1: listen, go back, if you're just coming in now you saw the question, if you're just coming in now the answer is yes, but go back and listen because there's a whole lot in there yeah. that you might have missed, like when we were growing up in church there was a whole lot that we missed about that question, does God still do miracles there's a lot that we misunderstood and hopefully Jesse and I um, brought some understanding gave, gave you some tools That's to cool. go and search and and uh, have the holy Spirit yeah. help you
0: make a decision um for yourself about we years. will never finish a topic Ever. we only start the conversation if we Ever. continue um and do us a favor even if you if you watch these when, when Tommy uh, streams them on Facebook live uh like and follow the the podcast right um, cause that helps us it helps it get out to more people yep. the more people are following it the more people are sharing it the more people are listening to it leave um, a review um bumps bumps the the visibility to other people mm-hmm. and so you're a part of helping this get out so if it was valuable to you um like it share it yeah um, watch it listen to it um on on whatever podcast medium you use so sure. um this one will i don't know how many weeks before this one will be out but cool we got some still still in the library still in the library <laughs> popping out,
1: so yo um, i'm black this is white <laughs> For listening. Thanks for listening. Join
0: us next time.
1: Yes, please join us next time as we will most certainly be joined by our friend, Javen Pitt, to talk about temptations and how to deal with them. Until then, we'll see you next time on The Face Share.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.
1: Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I are joined by our friend Jaden Pitt. We'll tackle the topic dealing with temptations, past and present. So we hope to see you next time on the Fake face
0: channel.